3: It is hour number two of primetime action Tuesday night from Las Vegas, South Point Sportsbook Studio. I'm Ben Wilson with Matt Brown, with Kelly Bidlin, with our extending crew as well. Sean McCollum's here behind the glass. Dakota Martin, our technical director, Isaiah Wrinkle, and why Tom check downstairs. We will have more Green shirt day. Golf. <laughs> green shirt day. I was trying to keep it together because I knew that was coming.
4: It's green shirt green day. Green shirt
3: day. It's a green shirt day downstairs.
4: Just for Isaiah. That's it's a, actually that, probably that's a baby blue shirt is day. Is it? I, I can't remember. I, I think is, it's a baby blue shirt day if I remember
3: correctly. Okay. Yeah, Tuesday Blues Day. Yeah. Tuesday Blues yeah. Day. Yes. I'm, getting, I'm getting that right you ear right now. It's Baby blue shirt. He's like,
5: we've been over this multiple times. Come on.
3: <laughs> it takes a while for uh, if it to stick uh, with us. We will talk more uh, golf here in just a second. We'll get back to our our thoughts. We just broke down a little bit, at least early on here in the week, the St. Jude Championship there, but also the whole general thought on the FedEx Cup playoffs, which start this week, first of three tournaments there. We'll get to that in a second. We'll get Kelly's updates in a, in a moment as well, Matt. But we do have. A trio of games about to get underway right now. They're starting on the north side of Chicago, where after it looks like another day where the wind is is blowing in pretty significantly because we have only a seven and a half total in a game featuring Paulo Espino and Marcus Stroman. Yeah, the
4: Nationals and the Cubs. Paulo Espino for the Nationals, Marcus Stroman for the Cubs, and we're looking... At the Cubs is minus 210 favorites, if that tells you anything about this Nationals lineup and the state of this franchise. Minus 210 the Cubs at home, plus 180. The Nationals on the road is underdog. Seven and a half is the total. 810 Eastern, we got the Rangers and the Astros. This is Martin Perez, Jose Urquidy. Urquidy and the Astros, minus 180 favorites in this one, plus 155 if you want Perez and the Rangers on the road. As underdogs, seven and a half is the total in this one. Like we were talking about this when we were looking at the odds earlier, has been a pretty good little run here for Rikiti of late. Martin Perez is one of those guys that everyone was like looking for some regression to set in on him. He has been uh, pitching. Listen, we look at these advanced stats. We always talk about this, Ben. Hey, is th- this could, this his run could continue for the next year and a half before a regression mm-hmm. finally sets in or whatever. But he is a guy that the, at least the, Numbers you're looking at on the paper don't really match up with the advanced statistics for him. Eight ten Eastern Rays and Brewers. Freddie Peralta and the Brewers trying to rally the squad. Come on, we need some wins. We need them to hold on to the division. Minus one sixty five on the Brewers at home as favorites. If you wanted the Ray, if you want the Rays on the road as underdogs, plus one forty. A flat eight is the total. And then a little bit later this hour, the Cardinals and the Rockies. Miles Michaelis who's actually been really really good. His win loss record doesn't really show it, but Miles Michaelis has been really good for this Cardinals squad and then Ryan Feltner for the Rockies, minus 170 for the Cardinals on the road as favorites. Feltner in the Rockies plus 145 home underdogs, 11. Is your total and that one again taking place up in Denver? We also we always see the high totals up there.
3: We usually do. Just to make a point on the Rays game, it is Jimmy Yacobonis. He's the opener. Ryan Openers. Yarbrough, your bulk reliever tonight for Tampa Bay. Second start for Freddie Peralta off the aisle. He only went three and two thirds. His uh, his first start in his return gave up two runs on four hits there and a couple of walks. So keep that in mind. Should be uh, should be now at this point given a longer leash there. Freddie Peralta as he is now fully back in the mix there for. The Milwaukee Brewers we could really use a win there for, uh, for, for a multitude of reasons here on the, on the show based on the, just, just the different array of futures tickets we all have. As for the games right now, Kelly, I looked up while we were talking golf last segment, Austin Riley hit a ball uh, over everything, over the monster and out in Fenway. So that is a triple and home run number 30 tonight for Austin Riley. 4-2 Braves lead, and that is one of a bunch of games going on right now here on the baseball card. Mm,
5: sniffing a cycle? Cycle watch?
3: Sniffing. I just, you know... He got the two hard ones out of the way.
5: Uh, Orioles 2, Blue Jays 1. That game is in to the bottom of the third inning. If you want to hop in live, Orioles minus 145. Blue Jays plus 115. Not quite plus 140 like Matt Brown, but still a decent number there. Uh, Braves 4-2 to over the Red Sox, as Ben just mentioned. That game in the bottom of the third inning. Red Sox plus 275 on the money line. Braves minus 355. 12.5, your live total. The Guardians and Tigers, that game is scoreless, bottom of the fourth inning. If you wanted to hop in live, Guardians minus 155, Tigers plus 125, a whopping total set at three and a half runs. Wow, that's depressing. White Sox won, Royals nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Top of the third. Uh, White Sox minus 190 live, Royals plus 155, seven and a half, the live total there. Uh, Phillies with a one to nothing lead over the Marlins. That game just getting going, top of the second inning. Uh, Phillies, though, up to a minus 410 live favorite. Marlins plus plus three ten seven and a half
4: your total. And Reds and Mets just getting going. That is scoreless top of the first. That was an unearned run there for the Phillies in the first inning off of Braxton Garrett. He did give up a couple of hits in the inning, however.
3: JT Realmuto, RBI double there. And then somebody named Lenin Sosa, his first home run for the White Sox. The solo shot there to oh. give them a one-nothing lead. You know what else I, I saw? This is an interesting little trivia thing there in Boston. So we have two elder statesmen, a couple older guys. Charlie Morton, Rich Hill, the pitching matchup tonight for Atlanta versus Boston. First time since when do you think, Matt, that we had two pitchers over 38 or older, as that is another. The, the old pitcher's not exactly <laughs> doing a great job tonight. As, uh, t- is that Tommy Pham just leaves the yard, solo homer? 4-3 game word. now, bottom of the third there. It is. Tommy Pham goes yard. So, what do you think the you're last?
4: Are, you're, you're, you're a big-time favorite if you're he- holding an over ticket in this uh, thing. Like you, you're you're would would almost in so. bad beat territory
3: here. That's ah, 4-3 in the bottom yeah. of the third. L- the last time two pitchers 38 years of age or older faced off against each other at Fenway was? Oh, at Fenway? Yeah. At oh, Fenway. you added the at Fenway thing. Well, that's, a, that's you know, it's baseball trivia. It's meant 2004. to be ridiculous. No, I'm going to say it's like this year. Um, somewhere in the middle. Two thousand ten when Tim Wakefield and Andy Pettit squared. Wow. Uh, okay. I was thinking like
5: Clemens or something, but you yeah. were I mean Wakefield, Wakefield was around yeah, the Wakefield was
3: forty four in that game. So technically he was thirty eight in two thousand four. So you were not yeah, Kelly was thinking on the right plane. Just not exactly. who's the other one? Who's the other pitcher? Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit was still pitching
4: in twenty eleven? Is that what you 2010.
3: Just said? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. Andy Pettit Damn. was still around. Oh it feels like he's
4: been out of the game for like oh. thirty years. 23rd double of the season for Mount Mount Castle!
6: Michael <laughs>
3: Matt, Cycle watch Matt there doesn't too. even care about his live bet. He's like, I don't. Oh, I that love ball, Mount Castle too much. <laughs> that ball was hit <laughs> right. I, that's that's got to be a barrel. It's got I uh, love. That, the Statcast has to record that as a barrel. Yes, it had to be 100 miles an hour off the bat. frozen uh, rope, we, we he caught, does not look good. We have caught. I was gonna say we have caught some guys
4: here on PTA the last last week and week and a half, been That some guys that are. Frontline starters that have just not had it while we've been here uh, twice with Logan Gilbert. Uh, right for the Braves the other night. Now we're getting Manoa here. We, we've seen some of these frontline guys. And I, again, we're this is something to monitor, right? Because all those guys that we just mentioned are all on the younger end as well. Kind of mid-20s, low-20s. We're getting towards this stretch of the season, long end of the season here, are they wearing down a little bit? Have the innings piled up? You know, could, yeah. could it, is there anything like that
3: that could be happening? I mean, Manoa didn't guys. even pitch in 2020, and then between yeah. the big leagues and AAA last year was at 129 and two-thirds innings. Mm-hmm. 132 entering tonight. Yeah. And he's had a couple of uh, starts, especially against, again, now Baltimore's finally into the category of at least good teams. But he's had a couple starts against mediocre to sub-500 teams where he just has not had anything uh, in the tank at all. So that does bear watching. Second and third, one out there. Bottom of the third, Orioles up 2-1 on the Blue Jays. Okay, back to the golf. FedEx Cup playoffs. So we're in the first of three weeks there. Things are going to get really interesting from a betting perspective once we get to the Tour Championship because we will we will have the – Uh, The strokes-based system with the starting strokes, they like to call it in the FedEx Cup, that begins in the third tournament. Thankfully, we don't have to break that all down because it would give us a migraine as it usually does every year. We just have to focus on the general playoff format as a whole there, Kelly. So we get down to 70 after this week, the Progressive Cup. 70 make it after this week, 30 into the Tour Championship and the points is also one of those things you can bet on. And uh, It's what, select markets, Kelly? I know we had some trouble finding these widely available odds, but some markets are offering the odds to actually win the FedEx Cup. Scotty Scheffler is your odds-on favorite, since he is the leader and also a really good golfer entering into the stretch.
5: Yeah, this is uh, yeah. It is a little interesting. Most of the stuff we complained about not being able to find in Vegas. I, I actually couldn't find any of this stuff, rest of country, but l- I shop around. I, I checked some of the major books. Who knows? Uh, there might be some of the smaller books up out there that have do have this market listed. So, yeah, this is odds to win the playoffs, right? And what, what their starting points are, where they're at, how many points you'll see on this graphic, how many points some of these guys are behind Scotty Scheffler, um, and then their correlated odds. So, Matt, I don't know how you approach this each year. I, I know I didn't do much with this last year, but I, I think that Anybody here betting in outrights this week, it's probably worth splashing a little money on them in this market. I mean, Sam Burns, I know you really like this week. I'm guessing I'm going to like this week. That number really jumps out to me, especially since he is – He's as close to Scheffler uh, as anybody besides Cameron Smith, and, and they've got him listed as 18-1 to 1 here in town.
3: So eighth on the odds board, but third in the actual standings right
5: now. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I, I think that's an obvious one. But, man, almost anybody you're b- betting outright-wise this week, I think it makes, it makes sense. To, to splash a little bit on this, because obviously what happens, they get gain two thousand points, they win this week. Whoever wins this week, if they're not named Scotty Scheffler, good chance they're hopping jumping Scotty Scheffler in these standings, and you're gonna see if it's Sam Burns, that eighteen to one all of a sudden goes down to two to one or something. Yeah. So I do think it's worth probably sprinkling a little bit in this market. I'm not I don't think it's something where you're you're gonna bet heavily, but if you're betting outrights this week, if every week you're betting outrights, your your plan is that, that outright is winning the tournament, right? So so if you're, you're thinking a guy's going to win the tournament, I think you got to plan on b- betting this market a little bit. Again, shop around, rest of country. Again, this is this is really just – this was William Hill here in Vegas. But um, I would say
4: if you're out there, check some of the smaller books, rest of the country. They might have this up. And just start – you know, look, start digging around on odds tonight if you are going to play this tournament this week because there will be a shift, I imagine, in the next 24 hours because, again – People are going to say, "Oh, wow, the playoffs start because you know it's going to be all over. It's going to be all over Sports Center and everything tomorrow. You know, it's it's going to be all yeah. over the the news and everything." And be, "Oh, the playoffs really?" And you're going to get some. You're going to get some betters come in and start betting these markets that probably aren't your typical golf betters. Right. You know, just kind of. Just coming thinking, in. Oh, it's yeah. a
3: different way yeah. to bet yeah. golf. It's it's playoffs. So, so that, just cool. uh, yeah. you know, if you see a I number that you
4: think you you really like, and if it's a super popular golfer, you might want to go ahead and take it because he's likely to take some money.
3: That's yeah. a good point. Keep that in mind. When we return, 32 teams, 32 shows rolls on to the defending Super Bowl champs. That's next.
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data.
5: Splitting bets!
3: Matt Midchew able to get out of brilliant yeah. split in bets. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes. so You can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not only today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way. Vsin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Orioles did end up getting one run there with that second and third one-out situation. So 3-1 game. Blue Jays plus one seventy five now on your live line minus two fifteen on the Baltimore Orioles three one game. one uh, game
4: out of the I know, playoffs. I know. This I know. is awesome.
3: Yeah, this is awesome. I'm rooting for them, so, like just so vociferously to yes. get in. Yes, I am too. Let's go. This, I mean, they were an afterthought coming into the season. A complete uh, not, they afterthought. Were an, not even an afterthought. They were. They were a how bad will they be yeah. thought team. I mean, lowest win total of anybody didn't even get win 60 games last year. And I want to say they will be going over their win total probably in the next week. I mean, yeah. 57 and 52, their, their win total was in the 60, If I depending on the book, 60, anywhere from like 61 and a half to 63 and a half. And you're I mean, about to go over within the next week or two probably.
4: This is a team, again, we, we said this the other night. I will say it again. This is a team that if they were in the Central, they have a better record than the Guardians and the White Sox both.
3: They'd be a half game back in yeah. Minnesota.
4: That's what we'd be dealing with here. It's amazing. Let's
3: go. Let's go, O's. O's. Let's go, O's. Let's get the Brewers to somehow. I don't have a
4: baseball team, so it's fairly easy for me yeah. to just be a fair weather baseball yeah. fan. You know, I don't have a baseball team. There wasn't a baseball team within hundreds and hundreds of miles of where I grew yeah. up. So it,
3: like- You weren't a New Orleans Zephyrs fan? Triple A, no, 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 never, never a
4: Triple <laughs> A baseball guy myself. So yeah, I mean, it's it's easier for me to just hop on a hop on the Mount Castle train for sure. Let's do this.
3: We need so one of these days we need Matt Brown LSU baseball story time. If there are stories, it can be sure. I mean, no, there's probably not. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> Matt, shut that, Matt, shut that down real quick.
4: <laughs> there's probably not. You know, no, so, nothing, nothing to see here, just folks. A PG
3: show. <laughs> just, a P- okay. just a PG. Okay, PG show. The life of been. a former. Ben P. Wilf, Benjamin ben P. Wilson? Benjamin P. Wilson. Come on. My last show before vacation, Matt. I'm trying to, you know. Have you been injured in an accident? <laughs> Contact
4: the law office of Benjamin Come P. Wilson.
3: On, get out of here. I love it. All right. Once again, to save my relative uh, bacon here on the show, we go to 32 teams and 32 shows. There oh, we go, Kelly.
6: Yeah.
5: Head now west this time. NMC West time, baby. Last division left on 32 teams and 32 shows. We start with the Rams.
3: Is it really the last division? Last
5: division. Wow,
3: wow. I, I, that's wow. that's
4: impossible.
3: Impossible. It, it,
5: it is very
4: possible. Impossible. You just want
5: to start it over after that's this? That's just that's
4: impossible.
5: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll circle it back around.
4: Next. <laughs> yeah, we'll circle I mean, it back around. Hit for Alejandro Kirk, I might add.
3: 30. Nice. There's uh, there's uh, by my count, uh, how many days until dot com? 30 days until. Opening night in the National Football League, so we could do the third, and we could just run it back. All You'd right. only have to double up like twice. So we I'm in. Do it.
5: Huh? You in? Yeah, we'll come <laughs> up with <I'm> something. <laughs> we'll, we'll come up with,
3: like, up with something. I'm gonna think for a second. So the Rams. So we we get mm-hmm. to the defending Super Bowl champs to start off here. You're not only your your Super Bowl champions from a season ago, but the NFC West champions, 12 and five regular season record. They finish seventh overall in scoring a season ago. Defense was. It was middle middle of the pack for the most part uh, and was, was for the, in general, a team that gave up a lot of passing yards, bottom 10 in passing yards allowed, but they got to the quarterback very well and were third in sacks, sixth in rushing yards allowed a season ago, 15th overall in points allowed. And for any team coming off a Super Bowl championship, Matt, really where we start is, well, what do they do in the offseason? How much of that Super Bowl core can they keep intact? And so that's kind of right where we start with some of these off-season changes. And it really began in earnest with Kevin O'Connell being hired by Minnesota be- to be the Vikings' next head coach, uh, leaving his offensive coordinator position.
4: Yeah, Sean McVay back, of course. And Sean McVay apparently announcing today on, Twitter the-, on the Twitter machine that he got an extension. So he is, uh, he is even more financially stable than he was even for just yesterday. for Sean McVay. Yes, yeah, even yesterday guy. he is more good. I was financially stable. You were worried about I him. I was I worried about him. Man. I know. His the, the multi million dollar contracts at the early 30s that he had, <laughs> right you were really, yes, I know you were worried oh, about no, it. I was worried about it. He is, he is good to go, yes. Yeah, so, Liam Cohen comes in uh, and he is going to be the new offensive coordinator. He served as the offensive coordinator at Kentucky last year. He's coming back. He was with the Rams in 2020 as the quarterbacks coach, so he only left for a season comes back and is going to take over the offensive coordinator duties. That being said, we know Sean McVay has a ton of say in the offense and what goes on with the offense and things like that. So we'll see you know, exactly how much power Cohen has in all of this, but he will be the official offensive coordinator. Raheem Morris continues on as the defensive coordinator. Now, if you look at what this team brought in, not a lot. Now, it is some big names, but not a lot. Allen Robinson, Bobby Wagner, Troy Hill, really the only signings of note at all for this team. And of course, Troy Hill was actually via trade. Um, Allen Robinson comes in a situation in which, if you look at his grades, despite very poor quarterback play, he has been one of the highest graded receivers in the NFL for several, several seasons. Outside of last year, last year was garbage. He was actually like a sixty, like a sixty-one or something like that. But anything before that, he was an eighty-plus. We're talking about a guy that has been one of the premier receivers in the league, despite the fact that he's had very little help along the way. With all that, we know what Bobby Wagner is, and Troy Hill, definitely a big addition for there. Now on the way out, some pretty big names and some pretty interesting names. Von Miller gone. Your right guard and Austin Corbett also gone. Defensive lineman Sebastian Joseph Day, also gone. So these guys are all gone. Robert Woods goes and signs with Tennessee. Darius Williams is gone as well. Sonny Michelle, not that that makes all that big of a difference to you, but he is also out of town. Johnny Hecker, the best throwing punter in the league, is gone. The most dangerous weapon in the league, according (laughs) to The most dangerous weapon in the league. He is also gone. Uh, a corn quo, the, the edge rusher is also gone for them. So like, there is, there's a lot of guys that are out of town for this Ram squad. Now they didn't have a first round pick. They didn't have a second round pick. Their first pick was in the third round. So it's kind of hard to even replace some of these. cause again, yeah. look, they went for broke. They got it. Right. I mean, they, they laid their cards Blank out on the table. Yes. Forever. Yes. They, they put their cards out on the table last year and they won the Super Bowl. It worked out. It paid off. But that being said, no first-round pick, no second-round pick. Their first pick was in the third round, in which they took offensive guard Logan Bruss. In the fourth round, they took a corner, and in the, right, and in, in the fifth round, they took a running back, Kyron Williams. So that's kind of how this has all played out for them. Now we know. The big thing entering this season is what's going on with Matthew Stafford, and how do we deal with this Matthew Stafford injury. and And, and Ben – Honestly, this paralyzes me from this team, and I don't i I don't know what to do whatsoever with the squad. I mean, listen, we'll we'll get into kind of what they have coming back and and where these units rank out in the next segment. But it doesn't really matter to me all that much all of the particulars when it comes to that. Whenever you look at the starting quarterback for this team, who is your veteran quarterback, your returning Super Bowl champion quarterback, and the drop to John Walford, right? I mean, that is a massive, massive difference in what this team looks like from any sort of aspect here. I mean, I, I not that Wolford is a complete is, is complete gutter trash or anything, but he's not Matthew Stafford. And mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford's arm thing there's there was some dis, there was some very disturbing words that were used. And we went over this. We talked about this earlier in the week about what was uh, when we talked about this yesterday was it was an odd injury that was described as an odd injury for a quarterback. Right. And that didn't make, that didn't sit well with me, you know, and maybe this was just, maybe there's a little hyperbole going on there. And maybe this is just a, Hey, let's not tip our hand that he's, he's actually fine. But if he's not, and you start to hear these things about, ah, maybe he won't throw for another couple of weeks. Cause they want to be extra cautious. There's just a lot of reasons for me to kind of pump the brakes on this team, I mean, they're plus 125 to win the division. The win total's sitting at 10 and a half. They are minus 250 to make the playoffs. You can get two to one on them to not make the playoffs. There are some interesting numbers out there on this team that I think, if anything, I would be playing the pessimistic side of any of this, right? It would be the no playoffs or the under win total or whatever, you know? like I mean, if, if you were forcing me to make a bet on this squad today.
3: Yeah. Well, and let's – Keep in mind the reality of how we usually approach a lot of these off-season developments, which is 95% of the time, because we are so close to the sun and we're talking NFL basically in some form or fashion every single day in the off-season, we are of probably the most skeptical of the group of people to say, let's react to this, to kind of the direction you're saying. But this is one of the rare times where you, you clearly feel, and everything we've, we've heard so far and Sean McVay, they they called it this week part of the plan, quote unquote, for Stafford. He did not throw yesterday as they try to help him recover from the elbow tendonitis there that was that was apparently diagnosed. This is clearly a real thing, and it is unlike most, the vast majority of the other off-season storylines we get here.
4: And what it does make you wonder is, is from a at least from a win total standpoint, not necessarily maybe from a make the playoff standpoint, but. If this is an actual real thing and if this is an actual real thing that could linger, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I think this is it, it, it bears repeating. It This team is probably pretty confident in them if they have a health, healthy Matthew Stafford that they can make the playoffs even if he doesn't play the first month of the season. So is there a scenario we're talking about in two weeks where Stafford still hasn't thrown where they're saying that's an option, right? Mm-hmm. We might sit yeah. in for the first few games of the year
3: be an option. And we'll look at how the schedule plays out, usually a tough gauntlet when you win a Super Bowl. We'll get into that, the roster construction as a whole when we return here on Primetime Action. Back on prime time action, looking at all the baseball action on a, a Tuesday night. Here we'll get back to 32 teams, 32 shows in just a second. Andrew McCutcheon, RBI, double there for the Brewers, Matt. Bottom of the first to one nothing Milwaukee. And then Vinny Pasquantino, solo shot in Kansas City. White Sox are doing their darndest to uh, blow another game. Yeah, Already gonna... lost the first of a doubleheader. 1-1 so bottom four. They're going to try to lose this doubleheader. Oh, they, yeah. They're, they're definitely, definitely <laughs> going to try. They're going to try hard. Uh, my, minus 105 right now if you want the Royals in in play at this particular moment with a live total of seven and a half big juice though to the under okay back to the Rams 32 teams 32 shows we talked in the first segment of this, looking at Matthew Stafford, what we view this Rams team to be, given all of the concerns about his elbow and the throwing procedure and the, and the plan that they have for him in the offseason. The other part, you always have to ask yourself, Matt, on these Super Bowl teams who you have so many guys who will, right, you know, rightfully so, you get it. You win a Super Bowl, a lot of guys, they want to cash in and make some money and leave elsewhere. So you combine usually a roster that has at least some degree of turnover with a schedule that usually profiles to be among the league's tougher ones that the Rams are going to have and that starts opening night when they host the Buffalo Bills they will be a home dog to open a season so from an overall roster construction standpoint Matt when you factor in the schedule here if we're just leaving the Stafford issues aside what what do you make of where this roster is actually at position by position heading in here
4: yeah I mean because you take a look and, and last year with everybody intact it's the fifth overall team DVOA in all all football and that comes by way of Eighth overall offense, fifth overall defense, and then fourth on special teams. And the reason I even bring up special teams, remember, they lost their punter, right? I mean, like, they lost their punter in the offseason as well. Uh, on the defensive side, of course, Von Miller out of town. So, uh, Sebastian Day is out of town as well. So, I mean, there is a, a lot of a lot of turnover there with that. I mean, if you look at the, the schedule here, another reason to not really love the prospects of this team, just absolutely going crazy it's the second toughest schedule in the NFL headed into 2022. And outside of the Bills in week one, which the Bills, a Super Bowl favorite, you get at Tampa in week nine, at New Orleans in week 11, at Kansas City in week 12, and at Green Bay in week 15. So these are these are very, very tough games. Not to mention you st- you have to play the Chargers in week 17, as well, a team that everybody's pretty high on, and a team that everybody thinks is going to be one of the better teams in the NFL. So it is outside of just the division, which has some pretty tough teams in it as it is. You're facing all these other you're facing all these other teams all over the place, specifically on the road for so many of these uh, so many of these games. Tampa, New Orleans, Kansas City, Green Bay, all on the road, and then a seven a week seventeen showdown against the Chargers. You start to look at this this schedule, Ben, and it's like, okay, even if this team is good, you're just naturally going to lose some of these games. I mean, you just can't win all these games. You can't win all these games on the road, too, especially considering how jam-packed. I mean, Tampa 9, New Orleans 11, Kansas City 12, Green Bay 15. I mean, you are just going on the road, on the road, on the road, on the road, tough game, tough game, tough game, tough game. And even
3: look, the, even though you get the Raiders and Broncos at home, you you have the the natural, and this is part of why they have the second top of schedule, mm-hmm. the natural cross division with the AFC West, which most people would tell you, t- best division, top to bottom yeah. in football this year, where you get a fourth place team coming to your home, where a lot of a lot of years that's okay, you're, as a, especially as a defending Super Bowl champion, you'll be at least an eight nine, maybe double digit point favorite. That will not be the case with uh, with the Raiders yeah. in that Week fourteen matchup.
4: Will certainly not be the case. So what you have here. Through the simulations at Football Outsiders, 9.5 wins. So a full game under their 10.5 win total that you get right now. They have them at six to eight wins 26% of the time. So a quarter of the simulations, this team fell between six and eight wins. Nine to 11, 44% of the time, and then 12 or more, 23% of the time. So this team getting to 12 wins happened fewer times than them landing somewhere six to eight wins. In the million simulations that the that Football Outsiders ran of the season, so just to give you just a, a broad aspect of yeah, kind of how this you know how this could play out, 2022 DVOA projections does have this team still being really really good, ninth overall offense, fifth overall defense, fifteenth special teams. It does have them falling pretty far on the special teams aspect, considering Hecker was one of the better punters in the in the league. So it does have them down a little bit from that aspect. If you look at Warren Sharp. He has them at 10.5 wins, so he has them dead on of where the number is right now. He has this offensive line. is the 13th best in the league, the th- number three receiving core, the absolute number one front seven on the defensive side of the ball, and the ninth secondary. Now, that kind of adds up and jives with what we're seeing from Pro Football Focus over on their side, Ben. Number three power-rated team headed into – 2022 and I don't think listen all these articles and all these guides and previews and stuff were written before the Van Jefferson in, uh, injury I don't think he, that moves the needle really at all for for this squad so I'm not taking that into account you know that totally okay fair. they're yeah. down with him and you know um the they have them as the 11th overall offensive line they're going to obviously fall when a guy like Andrew Whitworth retires he has been a stalwart in this league one of the very best left tackles all the way up to when he retired last year Mm -hmm. at the age of 756 so he is approximately 756 years old now joseph noteboom who's going to step in at left tackle for them in limited snaps last year he actually still played very very well like he actually graded out really really well if you look at the pressures he allowed, super, super low percentage of pass rushes that he had to defend where he allowed pressure. So there is upside
3: at that left tackle position, even though he is a youngster. Only five yeah. pressures allowed in yeah. 142 snaps while, while pass blocking. And you would have to think, like, yeah, you would expect some sort of a downgrade mm-hmm. just because of how good Whitworth was and how rock solid as a as a blindside protector he was uh, for, for Matthew Stafford. So the natural question then becomes, well, we already know Stafford's going to be at least – to a degree, banged up entering the year, you would think the offensive line play matters even more. And, and to you're to start a rookie. And you are starting a, a rookie in that mix yeah. and also a run game that they really never committed to the mm-hmm. season ago. And and you'd have to think that's if, if you're Sean McVay game planning and looking at the play calling here, as you also get ready for a new offensive coordinator coming in, it's you got to get more out of the run game, especially when you have a quarterback who you probably can't have throwing 40 times a game like they had Stafford doing it at times last year.
4: Yeah, I mean, at the right guard position, more than likely, unless things just go really sideways at camp, I mean, the right guard position is probably going to get manned by Logan Bruss, their their third-round rookie, right? I mean, you're talking like a third-round rookie is going to be starting on the offensive line for the the defending Super Bowl champions. So there was a lot of turnover, and there is a lot of things that could, in theory, go wrong. The pass-catching group, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, that's all I really need to say. You add in Tyler Higby, who's still one of the top ten receiving right. tight ends in the league. And then whatever you – look, Van Jefferson's going to be back. He's out a few weeks. He's probably going to miss a month, maybe six weeks. So he's going to be back. Tutu Atwell's running right now as the number three guy in camp. And apparently, you know, listen, again, it's – everyone looks great season. So – Tutu Atwell apparently looks great. Looks amazing. You know, yes, running is the number three for them. And, of course, Odell still lingers out there, you know, and this would be a natural fit for them to just bring him back. And especially if Van Jefferson's only going to be out, you know, four or five, six weeks, something like that, if Tutu Atwell is – Actually looking good and can kind of fill a void there. You can ease Odell back in, right? Because he's coming off of a major injury as well. If you have him for stretch run, if you have him for red zone stuff, if you have him for chain moving things, that's you know that's a pretty good addition to a team that has Cooper Cup and Out Robinson. You know, so that would be pretty interesting. Defensive line number one in the league according to Pro Football Focus, and as you know, as you would imagine, anything that has Aaron Donald on it is certainly going <laughs> to automatically just jump into the top five. But then you add in Leonard Floyd, Ashawn Robinson, Greg Gaines, Justin Hollins, all of these dudes. They're all players. They are really in, in Donald, Robinson, and Gaines alone, you have the number one, number eleven, and number twenty-seven graded defensive linemen in all of the league last year on the same defensive line coming into this season. So you have one eleven and twenty-seven out of a hundred and eight qualified defensive linemen that that got graded, and you have all three of those guys starting on the same defensive line. It's going to be Pretty pretty good for them and in the secondary. Anytime you have Jalen Ramsey, it's going to be a pretty good secondary because you're gonna to have to throw away from him. No corner has allowed fewer yards in man to man coverage over the last four seasons than Jalen Ramsey. And he's basically, and you got to think about this he's shadowing ones,
3: right? Like without, like without exception,
4: yeah, he's shadowing ones and he's still allowing no yardage to get gained whenever he's shadowing these ones and that's how that's how just ridiculously ridiculously productive he's been they bring in Troy Hill he's going to start at nickel most likely for this squad and and so the secondary is going to be fairly solid. So you have a good defensive line, you have a good secondary, you think that this is going to be, you know, on the defensive side of the ball as solid as it were last year. It really does kind of circle back to what are we going to get from an offensive production side here? What are we going to get from a new offensive coordinator? What are we going to get out of Matthew Stafford? What are we going to get out of I mean, is Allen Robinson still Allen Robinson? We don't really know. Yeah. We don't really know. So for me, I'm a little, I'll put it this way, I'm timid. I won't say bearish on this team. Yeah. I will say timid on this team. And if someone came to me and say, I think that the proper thing to do for this squad is to fade them, look at all the losses, look at what's going on with Stafford, look at this wide receiver stuff. We don't know Allen Robinson's going to be great. Everyone's just assuming he is. And If you wanted to make that case to me, I would at least listen to
3: you. And that's why numbers have not really Mm -hmm. been adjusted since all the Stafford stuff came out. I mean, it's not like these have been altered just because, oh, boy, like Matthew Stafford isn't going to be able to throw most of the summer. So this is still – Something where if you are feeling like this is going to be more of a significant, serious thing, then you might feel like you've got some inherent value there on some unders this year. That could be a potential. L.A. Rams, that'll be quite the team to watch. We'll see them opening night in the NFL. When we return, some college football previews. We go to the Pac-12 right after this. The VEASAN College Football Guide is out now, and the NFL Guide is coming in just a couple weeks. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guides is to become a VEASAN All-Access subscriber. Sign up early, and for a discount at $175, you'll receive the College and Pro Football Betting Guides along with full VEASAN access all the way through the Super Bowl. Join us for $40 a month and see everything Veesen has to up your betting game. Go to slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network. Under 3 weeks till week 0. Matt Solo Brown.
4: shot for JJ Bladey oh. ties it up there in Philadelphia. One, one
3: Marlins Phillies. Okay.
4: JJ Bladey, a, a prospect that has not quite panned out yet, but uh, not you quite. know, it's uh, he's got some time. He's got some time. He's got to,
3: yeah. He'll figure it out. We'll update the scores, all of them, in the Major League Baseball in a little bit. We've seen Ajad joining us in about 15 minutes, talking some PGA. Megan Payton in a half hour to talk some NFL uh, offseason futures with us. For now, uh, we're going to get to our college football preview in a second, Pac-12. Our buddy Ryan Hyatt chimes in, though, tonight. Kelly, this one, I know you were excited to see this and it just start, you know, wheel, wheels turning here. It's the classic classic question from the, you know, somebody coming to Vegas saying, you have let's say you have 24 hours in Vegas. Ryan would like at Ryan at Media, by the way, would like three places to eat, three places to gamble, one show to see, and one thing you should not do, no matter what your friends say. I mean, the show is easy. You should go see primetime action. Um, you just, man, you just, uh, we don't have a studio audience.
5: I was gonna so. make the same cheesy joke. Yeah.
3: Oh really? Like, I'm not really a big
5: bad. show guy, so I don't really have an answer for that.
4: Man, I don't know about it. I think oh, to uh, oh, I mean, Absinthe is the best show in town. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Not even, not even, not even a question. Absinthe is the show to go to. Okay, it's over at Caesar's. It's in the tent. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. A little bit raunchy, so don't take like you know if anyone's easily offended. No. Like, don't, <laughs> don't don't do don't that. Take don't take the kids. I mean, our you know, audience. But yeah, they, but I mean, you know, insane. it's it's like it's got comedy. It's got the acrobatics. It's got whatever you know, whole nine yards. It's it's uh, it's it's some, it's some good stuff. So that that for sure. Places to eat, cut, bavets. I would say for a Vegas experience, Super Freako's is pretty interesting mm-hmm. uh, over, over at Cosmo like to my get the full uh, Vegas experience. My favorite wrote, restaurant
3: closed down here. Major Domo. Really sad about that. That would have been the first one on my list. R.I.P. 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 I
5: wrote down Mott 32 Duck. Yeah. But, uh, man, I don't know. My, my steakhouses just keep switching. Cut those are fantastic.
3: It, there's, you can't go wrong with cut. I mean, strip steak's not bad. Yeah? Pretty good. Be- Look, I have a list of pork like, belly fried rice, man. We might have town. Kelly do that in person about Five. a year ago. <laughs> I
4: still remember it. One of the best sides in town. One of the best sides in town. Three yeah. places to gamble. Uh, O'Shea's, for sure. You got to go get that experience. That is an interesting experience.
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, unless you've been to another
4: O'Shea's across <laughs> the country, it's just it's just O'Shea's with gambling. Yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta go to O'Shea's. It's just yeah, it no, is, uh, but I mean, I'm saying for the experience here. Yeah, because it is just yeah. everyone partying on the cheap. And so it's yeah, just yes, an interesting, it's a nice, cheap option to gamble. It's an interesting gambling experience.
5: I agree with sure. that. I agree with that. I yeah. didn't write that one down, but completely agree with what that. Was your, what, where do you... I wrote down Planet Hollywood. I, I've never had a bad time gambling at You're, Planet Hollywood. It's
3: funny you say that. I remember playing blackjack with a bunch of Irishmen who had no idea how blackjack worked. They were staying on 14s against a 10, hitting mm. on... Hitting uh, the 14s against sixes, and yet we somehow won. A t- like the dealer just kept busting. It was the most festive time I ever had at a blackjack table. I, it was I, a planet Hollywood.
5: Yeah, I mean, like Matt, you know me. It's it's. Uh, I always like like I. I think the O'Shea's one's a good is a good call. I I'm more of a. An atmosphere, party atmosphere kind of guy. That's why I said O'Shea's. So O'Shea's works yeah. perfect. Planet Hollywood has a little bit more of that feel. I don't really like the stuffy places all that much. The stuffy places are great for a good dinner and, and stuff like that, but it's not Caesar's Bellagio. You're not going to find me at very often. They're they're stuffy and the people are stuffy and they're, they're not my people. My people are at O'Shea's. My people are at Planet Hollywood. My people are downtown.
4: Those New, are my York, people. New York is is a pretty good like if New you, York. Like, New York
5: is great for like one
4: or two times, and then it kind of gets old. But I'm talking from a gambling aspect yeah. because it's like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's not high end, but it's right. not on the lower tier. So it's kind of in that middle tier to where like, you know, you, you're yeah. And you're you know around. what? If
5: you've come here before and you're like, so many of these casinos all look exactly the same inside. New York, New York at least has, you might, you might call it cheesy, but whatever. It's kind of yes. got a cool
4: atmosphere.
3: It does not right. look the same.
5: Right. does not inside. look
3: the same. I have a and, list of like 40 different restaurants Or like I could, you know Like there's the, ev- like there's so many different places here yeah. That's the thing Now obviously it's 24 hours So you're a little bit I think there's far. a couple places
5: that deserve shoutouts The 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 M Which might be one of the, the nicest places in town That has the least amount of people that ever go to it Because that's where I always <laughs> go to To take money out of William Hill Or put money in And I'm always, <laughs> every time I walk in there I go I forget every time how nice this place is And there's nobody here for whatever reason Which is like three miles down the road From
4: where we're at right now now. Yeah. Um like that one deserves a shout out. Uh, gaming as far as the eye can see, Resorts World is like you can just Resorts see Resorts World for is days. very cool. Like yeah. like gaming as far as the eye yeah. can see. Like That's a good plan. Yeah, T- uh, the, the street
3: or the the little uh the food setup yeah. they've got is is really really
4: good. I've only yeah. made it in there
5: twice and yes, I did that. That was very cool. The sportsbook area I think is cool. I think it's good. I think you're going to see a lot of sports books kind of Kind of change to that, where it's like it's basically just a it's a bunch of different sports bars. You know what I mean around uh, around place you could go put bets.
4: I think that's what you're going to see in a lot of the country already. If you're a higher roller, Venetian Palazzo's always got a bunch of tables going. I mean, Venetian Venetian
5: Palazzo is my favorite place in town for everything. You could stay there for a week and not do everything that place has to offer. There's
3: something. Yardbird is uh, an OG. uh, Yeah, but I
4: mean, if like if you're a higher dollar gambler, like There's there's always tables running even though the limits are higher like at at Venetian Plaza it's all it's always banging and it's pretty good atmosphere no great atmosphere yeah yeah yeah. Venetian
5: Plaza it's the best place. Overall, general, in my opinion, here in town, so
3: I, I like that. Never been there when it's not a good atmosphere. Yeah, so and I, the wind, i mean, way. the
5: wind is obviously the wind's very famous. It's—it's, it's, I mean, probably the nicest place here in town. But you know what? It doesn't. That's have, where Hudson Swaffer gambles. But that, like, it doesn't it have the food. over the overstuffiness of Bellagio yeah. and Caesar. So that's why I like yeah. it way better than those, others, w- than those other ones.
3: other. With you on that. The one thing you should not do, no matter what your friends say, uh, the the, the teeter totter thing at Stratosphere that has repeatedly gotten stuck in the. High winds, oh, where yeah. people no like, interest, where people all. are like yeah. hanging no. over the edge. Sorry. I'm
5: oh, sorry. nobody asked. Ryan Hyde did not ask about pools. Mandalay Bay is my favorite ones. They've got all the different options. We got the adult pool. If you want Fucking that, hell. you got the wave pool. <laughs> you got the knew, lazy I knew, pool. I, I could Kelly have thought like, Kelly was the, the,
4: the pool
3: guy. You should have seen me during
5: the pandemic, getting like $50 uh, rooms at Mandalay Bay. Uh, and, just just uh, to do the pool. Oh, yeah, just to do the pool. I wouldn't even <laughs> stay in the, the night <laughs> half the time, but it's five minutes from my Amazing. place. It was fantastic. It's funny you
3: say it. Cause one of my first Vegas memories is like an eight year old was just being with family. It's like, Oh, let's go to the Mandalay Bay. And I can, you know, the huge wave pool. They it's got a awesome. beach
5: with a wave pool. Yeah.
3: I mean, the beach is crazy pool. The beach, is concrete and like I would, you know,
4: yeah, you burn feet slammed every time in
3: <laughs> by the wave, and little me just getting, you
4: know, right. cr- we have three minutes to do the pack 12.
3: Okay, we, we, we got okay. okay. like, Ben's got it, Ben. We got powers. We power got preview
4: preview. 12 pieces
3: college football preview Pac-12
4: Ben's got the play. There it is. its is. has got the I play. Have, Ben's I got have, the play.
3: So we're, we're on purpose going to kind of gloss over like the USC, Utah. Because we've talked about it, I feel like, every single it, show, man. I, mean, I mean, okay, we, I can read,
4: the, like we said. So we have six experts that all make predictions. Everyone, all of them have Utah win in the Pac-12. <laughs> every single, every literally across the board, every single one of them have Utah win in win in the Pac-12. And
3: it's USC has th- taken in the most money in a general market-wide viewpoint because they bring in yeah. Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams, the quarter the quarterback Caleb Williams, the coach Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. And to be honest, there's just not much for me because these these teams have been so hyped at the top. There's just not much yeah. for me as far as value at the very top. the, so. the
4: only thing that differs. Within our experts, like everybody's second place team is either USC or Oregon. Outside of our friend Wes Wes Reynolds, who does have Washington as his second place team in the Pac-12. So there is at least a little bit of a differentiator there. However, he still has Utah winning it, as does everyone in the guide.
3: Here's the play. Stanford under four and a half wins. Uh, yet a little bit of juice at DraftKings -130. Okay, this is a team that wins 3 games last year. Okay. Outside of Tanner McKee, who most people think is a legitimate NFL potential prospect quarterback, they have nothing. Absolutely nothing around him. This team was the fifth worst offensive line in the country last season, fifth fifth fewest rushing yards per game they were last in the league in rushing and then they their two best running backs they lost to the transfer portal. So, they already had zero ground game. And they while they return all of their offensive line starters, none of them grayed out particularly well individually. Defensively, this was a team that averaged about six and a half yards per play allowed a season ago. One of the at one of the worst marks in the entire country. Like dead last of the 130 FBS teams. We're not talking just Pac-12, but entire country in multiple defensive marks a season ago. And that Stanford, the one issue they have right now, Matt, is while most teams can use the transfer portal to, to really help bolster their program in the, in the immediacy of an offseason, Stanford can't do that because you need to recruit guys who can mm-hmm. get into that school academically. So they are really reliant instead on, on the true high school ranking. So their, their ranking numbers look pretty good, but they're all high school kids, and they don't have many transfers through the portal coming in as well. Tough schedule this year. They have Colgate, but their other two non-cons, BYU and Notre Dame, and with that all being said, there, to me, there's really no improvements from a three-win team a season ago. I don't there know how is. you get to five. That's the play, baby. Under four and a half. There it is. There we go. That's a three-minute back to all free. How about that? That's it. Hour number three, prime time action. We'll update all the scores on the other side. See Joins us next.